days, you mm. know, largely because social media is such a huge and has such a huge impact on on people, is that mm. we know that you've got to you've got to dilute your funds and spread them over multiple media because we live in this now society. Yeah. You know, they always say people had fifteen minutes of fame. Well, now it's about fifteen seconds, and our brains are subjected to. <laughs> yeah. So many marketing messages. Um, they reckon the average person receives around 5,000 messages a day these days. So where does radio fit in? Radio is the... Wow. We always say that... Hey, gang. Welcome back to the show. Um, as usual, thanks for choosing to spend a little bit of time with me on the Marketing Mashup. It's always really flattering when you decide to give a little bit of your attention to me and indulge me and, and let me prattle on. Um, we've got another guest today. Uh, today, I'm joined by Richard Mills from Richard Mills Consultancy and also My88, which is a fabulous 80s radio station, which for oldies like me just plays all of the stuff that I grew up with. Um, which has got a really varied background, actually. So I'm super stoked to be able to dive into some of that today. Rich was a teacher, which has got to be the... T I know Rich is going to tell us that selling radio is the toughest gig on the planet, but being a teacher would be hard. Imagine dealing with all those kids. Man, I couldn't do it. Um, got headhunted out of there into radio sales. And then from there, sort of carved out a little niche, I'm not going to say a little niche, carved out a niche for himself, actually working with radio stations and some of the biggest broadcasters in the country and also around the world to help them increase their sales just by making sure that all of their customer contact is professional and it's polished and it's all kind of heading in the same direction to make sure that those customer interactions are a positive experience from the customer. So I'm really stoked to talk to Rich about some of that stuff today and about you know, radio and how it works and how it fits into the marketing mix, because that's what we're here to talk about. Um, Rich, welcome to the mashup, mate. Thanks, Simon. It, uh, it's, it's lovely to be here. Uh, I couldn't think of a better way to spend my afternoon. <laughs> well said. Um, mate, I'm, I'm stoked to have have you here. We've been, we've actually known each other for quite a while now, um, and I would go so far as to call you a mate, which I'm very proud to say. Likewise. Um but we do have a professional, thank you, um, we do have professional association as well because I guess we both kind of work in that space. But tell us a little bit about, just give us a bit of your backstory, you know, like about how you ended up here, not here on the mashup, but how you ended <laughs> up working with some of these great big radio stations and, you know, and helping them grow and also how you ended up owning My88. Wow, geez, um, we've got to squeeze that into about twenty minutes, have we? Half an hour. So there's a there's a huge backstory. Look, I'll try it. I'll try and give you. I've always said I'm the radio guy, so unless I can say it in thirty seconds, then it's not worth listening to. Um, I I was a school teacher. I I went to a boys an all male boarding school in Brisbane, and all I wanted to do was become a lawyer. And I got into law and hated every minute of it. And so there was no plan B. And quite quite literally, I had a mate over at Teachers College, and he said, "Mate, you should come over here. There's a lot of girls." And uh, I know that sounds a little bit tardy, but uh, the reality was I, I ended up teaching because there was no plan B. Um, I ended up teaching for 10 years. I, I went back to the same school that I went through um, in Brisbane. I loved every minute of teaching. To me, I know you said before it was a tough gig. To me, teaching's about really tapping into people's motivation. And if you're the teacher that stands at the front of the room and just delivers really boring content, 
then you're going to have a hard mm-hmm. time encouraging kids to learn. Whereas if you can make it a little bit more entertaining and you can delve into each and every one of them and why they're there, it makes the world a difference. So um, I loved every minute of it. Teaching doesn't pay great. You get great holidays, but um, I must admit I was pretty driven to earn a decent revenue. And um, I saw an ad in the paper for Optus when they were launching in Australia and I went and worked for Optus for probably the best part of 12 months. I did door knocking. And um, if anyone, anything to do with sales, I think everyone needs to spend some time door knocking. Uh, then you get to experience yeah. everyone in every situation. And um, and then literally I was I was asked to go and have an interview with the Australian Radio Network. So I was headhunted into a radio station back in those days called Mix 106.5. And uh, w- we were a great radio station, very female-focused. We focused on a 2554 demographic. Um, we were a very expensive radio station. We were, I think, seventh in the market next to the, the, you know, the likes of a Today mm-hmm. FM and a Triple M. But you couldn't put an ad on for three months. So, you know, we were selling out. And it was because we had an exceptional sales philosophy and system that we followed. Um, we did have a big turnover. And so not only was I forging a career in in sales and, and doing so quite successfully, um, because we had this big turnover with staff, I started coaching the guys and saying, look, let's get in a huddle and let's have a chat about the way you're approaching things. So over a period of a couple of years, I climbed my way up through to um, sales manager, general sales manager, and then I had the opportunity to go in and have a national role in sales or training and development. And to me, the idea of going at the, the training side of it really appealed. So I took on all of the interviewing, recruiting and training of basically 12 radio stations across Australia. So very exciting times. Loved every second of it. Wow. Um, yeah. It was, it, honestly, yeah. it was, it, we worked around such, well, people like you, Simon, you know, you're creative, you're energetic, you're passionate, and we had great people. And I can honestly say to this day, a lot of those people are still very, very close friends. Um, we we did. We worked very hard. Um, we had a lot of fun. It was it was it was a great period of my life. I actually got to the point I used to spend literally a week in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, Canberra, and then when we took on Perth. So it was constantly rolling around Australia. So I got to experience a lot of different businesses um, yeah. in that time and then I was basically got to the point where I thought, oh, I think I'm, I'm a little bit bored and I need to try something new. And in that time, I was repeatedly asked to speak to a lot of our clients, you know, who had sales teams and they said, you know, the, the guys in your network are very well trained. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance you can give us some tips and show us what you guys are doing? And so I started delivering these keynote addresses to, to multiple businesses and I went, there's there's a business there. And so I literally told a friend sure. of mine in Canberra that um, this is at the end of 2000, no, I said, yeah, at the end of 2011, I said, I'm done, I've had a great time, I need to do it on my own. I said, I'm going to branch out on my own. And uh, he said, great, come and start working for me. And that was the last time I ever picked up a phone call. So the rest has been, it, it's landed on my lap, Simon, which... I don't rest on my laurels, but to me, you're only as good as your last sale. So that's that's how I got into what I did. Yeah, you you asked about the yeah. mighty eight. Sorry, did you have a sorry? I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, let, let's let's jump into my idea in in a second. But mm-hmm. so that all sounds like it's really like it happened really organically. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yeah. You know, was there any like kind of yeah? Because um, I know I was actually I was reading um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's book. 
um, actually, over over the Christmas break. And, you know, it was really interesting to hear him talk about how absolutely intentional everything was. It's almost like his whole life was like choreographed and every move was, you know, um, planned meticulously kind of thing. Um, and, and, you know, almost as though like this is the only way that you can do it. Like if you want to have success, you have to be absolutely meticulous about every single step and plan every single thing. And then it's really interesting to hear you talk about the fact that I just kind of rolled with it. Like this kind of happened and... Um, and it was really natural. Like, it, is that it, kind of how it felt? I'm, I'm probably downplaying it slightly. I, I am the consummate professional behind the scenes, and you know, I'm the guy that spends twenty hours making one hour look good. Um, and so, but you're right. <laughs> yeah, it did, right. it did happen organically. But I think you create that organic abundance of luck as well. Like, and I, I hate the word luck, mm. but I think you create your own future um, and but it all built on yeah. each other. So everything, every step that I've taken has actually built on the next step. And I was really fortunate because in my career, I trained hundreds and hundreds of people and most of those people have gone on to other companies and have suggested that they bring me in. And so I, I would honestly say that, you know, if you ever went onto my website and saw the hundreds of companies I've worked with, there's probably a radio guy in every one of those that has, you know, picked up the phone and reached out and said, mate, we need some help. Can you come across and, and, and have a chat to us? So, yeah, you know, but you're right. You've just got to be very focused on. And to me, that's sales too. You've got to put the hard work in so it comes across mm. effortlessly because the moment you start selling, you you know, you've lost. You really have. It's good conversation. I mean, you're the yeah. you're the consummate professional when it comes to that. I, I could listen to you talk all day, Simon. You know, you've got a you've got a great manner and yeah, you've got yeah. yeah, great charisma, mate. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send the invoice, man. I'll get it sorted out for you straight away. Um, <laughs> thank you. Like, thanks, mate. That that's that's really nice of you to say, actually, because I have a huge amount of respect for you. I think you know that. Um, so then looking at that, would you say like in those people that you've worked with and those people that you've helped, and it must be a great feeling to know that you've had such an impact on so many different people and on so many different businesses, but could you pick out one? Like, is there one thing that stands out for you or something that you're like really proud of more so than the others? So yeah, to that point, and, and there's, there's multiple, and, and I do have one that just came straight to mind. It was great being invited, you know, once because the networks and the, the the radio networks really kept themselves apart from each other. They never really collaborated, and um, and so when I left my network to be asked to then go and speak at all the other networks was a massive pat on the back. Mm. But to me, yeah, the real success for me came from I like in the radio industry. It's something that I'm passionate about. I live and breathe. I've got a radio playing in the background. I hope you can't hear that, but it's it's something that I'm in, entrenched in. No. But to me, going into radio <laughs> yeah. is like putting an old pair of R.M. Williams boots on. I, I just get it. I know what works. I, I I would consider myself an expert in that field. So that's that's great. The real accolade is when you then go on to work across a whole other different set of industries, to be invited into the construction business, to be going into um, residential sales for seniors over 55 to then go and work for the likes of IGA supermarkets, um, Kennard's Hire, um, to speak at conferences such as the Crimsafe Conference, um, to then go and put together 
strategic plans on the Sydney Children's Hospital Foundation and how they can acquire more money and more funding. Um, you know, just a, yeah, right. a few of the examples that I can say there. But I will tell you a story was a couple of years ago I was – and, and to me the power of a network is, is so important and having people out there mm. that can vouch for you is so much easier than someone looking you up in a in an old yellow pages and finding out who you are. Totally. Um, I did a keynote address at the the Swing Southwestern Networking Group um, down in Camden about four years ago, and one lady grabbed my business card, and mm. I, unbeknownst to me, I this lady rings me out of the blue about two and a half years ago, and she said, I think I kept your business card. You mm. gave a compelling presentation. I would be delighted if you would come and meet this company that I, I do some work for. And so I sat down with this company, and I, mm-hmm. they said, we'd, we'd like to get you in for a day just to do some work. And I, I looked at it, and I went, with great respect, this is weeks of work here. This is not one day. I said, I'm just looking at everything you've done here. Yeah. I said, you've got hundreds of no decisions on your um, your database. There's no answers. So I, I don't yeah. – I, I need to see what's going on. So I mystery shopped a couple of their sales teams and um, they came across to my yeah. place and, look, the report card wasn't great but I also knew that there was so much that I could do to add value to improve it. The language was all wrong. Um in the, in the construction business, and this was about helping and renovating and, and making outdoor spaces an extra room, and I don't want to give away too much. Um, but what I found yeah, was right. that the, the person that makes that decision is a lady, it's not a man, but all the language was written for a man, mm-hmm. and the quote was a six-page quote, right. and quotes are ugly. Um, but then to go around and yeah. like, ex- like almost change everything, and I said, I just need all the admin team to come in on here because they're all ladies, and... I said, I want you sitting down here and I want you to tell Mm. me how I need to speak to you. And so we changed the whole language around. Um, Now, their best sales used to be around... So they didn't understand their target market. Missed the target market completely. They didn't understand their target market or their decision makers. Yeah. Totally missed it. Um, Marketing 101. Oh, and and the sales guys weren't even asking for the order. And honestly, they were just sending quotes. Now, Simon, if you get a quote, what do you do when you get a quote via an email? What is the only thing you look at when you get a quote? The price. You just go straight to the price. 100%. How much is it? And then you look you at it and you, you go. You read, like the other five pages are just the stuff you have to scroll through. Yeah, but it's, you you only look for the price and then it's either a yes or a no. Um, yeah. Because in your head, if you've got the figure that it's going to be $10,000 and they come back at twenty, you don't even bother responding. Um, you know, if your head thinks ten and they come back with twelve, mm. well, then you might respond because you think you can sort of haggle them down a little bit. Anyway... Um, yeah, revolutionised everything, changed it all around. And if and if uh, they're relying, if they're relying on the quote to sell you on the fact that this is the product for you and it's great value, then they're wasting their time. Like that should be done before you get the price. Uh, uh, totally. Um, as I've always said, They've if you want to buy before you look at the price. Yeah. If if you want to buy a car, you don't get a brochure. You want to get in the car and you want to drive it. You want to sample it. You, you want to you want to experience it. Um, so literally, the the business mm. was turning over around about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month, um, and I took that within yeah. four five weeks to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in revenue in a month. Um, and that wow. was just that was just yeah. tweaking. That's the awesome result. It was just tweaking, and to me, because I looked at the product was stunning. It's beautiful, but therefore. 
that also comes along with a premium customer experience and a, and a, and a premium sales experience. Um, and so the sales yeah. guys have got to be yeah, definitely. better, better dressed, better communicators. Or you, you want the finessing of a business class flight to London. That's what I've always said. And, you know, and that's what we need to deliver. Yeah. So, so that, again... So again, it's making sure all of those customer touch points are all pointing in the same direction. It's polished, it's professional, and the customer experience is a really good and really positive one. Just Absolutely. like you're doing the radio stations. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the a long-lasting yeah. impression of a, a yeah. dear friend of mine who was in charge of the marketing for the Australian Radio Network. Um, when we had logo changes, quite literally within a 24-hour period, every other old logo had to be removed from the building, removed from websites, social media, everything. <laughs> and it happened overnight. And yeah. I never realised the full impact of that until seeing the marketing guy walking around the business removing everything. And he said, the logo is so important, your communication mm -hmm. piece has to be consistent. And that's what we tell businesses is... yeah. Completely. The look, the feel, the sound, the taste, the smell has to be consistent. Such an exciting Spot field, on. isn't it? We talk it? about and the scent. We talk about losing. It's exactly our food. We talk about losing the scent. You know, if you see something in one place on one platform, you know, maybe on, on a Facebook ad or whatever it might be, and then you click through and you go to the website and it's different, the look is different, the feel is different, the language is different, the messaging is different, the way the offer's positioned is different, then we talk about people losing the scent because it's like it's just doesn't, it's not even conscious, it just doesn't feel quite right. And logo, like a logo is not a brand, right, but it's the visual representation of your brand. And if that's wrong, can you imagine buying an Apple laptop and it doesn't have the current logo on the front of it like it's got the old multicolor one can you imagine that that would no. never happen no you know it just it, unless unless you know it's a limited edition retro one and you pay double <laughs> or something like that yeah yeah but, exactly but it just, right it wouldn't happen no and, then, and this is where yeah. you know you Spot on. I, I know you've had a lot of success too in, in your career you know to me, the, the mum and dad businesses are equally as important as the, the multinationals. Um, but even more so, I think it's more relevant for the, the mum and dad businesses out there is to, to actually own their brand and live and breathe their brand and, and ooze mm. their brand and, you know, be completely yeah. consistent. It, it's, it, it is sales 101. It's marketing 101. But a lot of people just aren't doing the one hundred and ones yeah. anymore. Yeah. Because a lot of people, and this is why I think it's, yeah, this is why I think, especially for those mum and dad businesses, it's so important that they've got access, you know, to people like you, and and I guess to to people like me as well, because a multinational can hire an experienced, not just an experienced marketer, a whole team. Whereas the mum and dad business doesn't necessarily have that, and so suddenly they're behind the eight ball because they don't they don't know what they don't know. That's exactly so, right. You know, some of those things that we look at as marketing 101, as the fundamentals and the basics, if you haven't learned that somewhere, either along the way or through, you know, uni or whatever it is, then you just don't know. And so I think, yeah, it, it can be really difficult for small businesses to compete because they just don't have access to those resources, not just financial, but knowledge based resources too. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's so small true. And medium businesses. Yep. So true. But they need it, and we want to give them as much support yeah. as we possibly can. As much support yeah. as we possibly can. And as can. a business model, 
as much as we can, you know, and I think a lot of us who are in this industry do it because we want to help and support other businesses. You know, we could make our living doing other stuff. We could oh, make our living as an internal marketer for a big corporate. We'd probably, we'd probably make a whole lot more money. Um, but we do what we do because we love doing it and we love helping those small businesses. But from a, also from a business model perspective for us, there's a lot of them. There are so many of those small businesses. So it can be quite lucrative. But genuinely, you know, I think most of us who do this are in it for the right reasons. Oh, ab- yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. And it's and you've got to connect with people you like too. So if you're choosing an expert, you know, make sure there's a, yeah. bit of, there's a bit of a bond with them, you know, because they are going to look after you, you know. And as you just said, we genuinely want to do the right yeah. thing by businesses. I'm repeatedly in businesses yeah. and I'll, I'll actually pull them aside and just offer them some tips on some of those little inconsistencies and the things that yeah. they're not doing that are, that, are, that are great. But equally true when they do something, well, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Um, I was staying at my favourite mm. hotel in Melbourne a couple of weeks ago and the doorman was there and he was dressed up in the, you know, a full uniform with a top hat and, it, I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it was a nice hotel but it was not not, awesome. not over the top top. And um, yeah. and he opened the door and with this big smile I went, do you mind if I take a photograph? And he said, I'd be delighted if you took a photograph. I said, it's so nice to see someone just enjoying their job because to me anything to do with customer service or, or customer facing, you've got to enjoy people. If you don't like people, you're in the wrong industry. <laughs> it's, it's, which, which is another tip Absolutely. that I actually say to and people. even if you're having a... I was, yeah. was going to say, if you've ever been in someone, and I've, I've used this line and please feel free to use this, you know when you get really bad customer service? Yeah. I often say to someone, you're having a really bad day, aren't you? And they look at me and go, and you really don't like your job, do you? And it's if you look at them with saying, I'm, I really feel sorry for you, and it's funny how they'll look back at you and go, oh, no, sorry, I didn't mean it like that. They, it almost is just that nice little reminder of, hang on, this is about people. Yeah, and you're it's in about customer service. 100%. <laughs> oh, dear. It's and pretty it's, easy, it, isn't it? You're right. It has such a massive impact. Yeah, it has such a massive impact. And, you know, often I wonder if business owners – if they're not like the sole business, you know, if if it, if the business isn't them, if they've got staff, that's what I'm trying to say. If they even know what's going on, you know, we were at the cafe this morning, and it's only recently reopened after big renovations, and they hired a whole new team, and there was probably five or six of them, you know, in their fabulous new, like, well, yeah, uniforms. You know, they got really nice t-shirts on, and they're all branded up, and I don't think one of them smiled the whole time we were there. And it was the like, and the coffee was great, but that's not what we we're talking about. It was so like these guys are in customer service. Maybe they should be in a different career. Yeah. Um, and will we go back? Maybe, but probably not, because mm-hmm. there's a ton of other cafes around that are really nice. To my and point, we went there to check it out because they've just reopened. Yep. And exactly. anyone who's listening to this yep. who's got a cafe, the first thing you need to do is learn the names of the people <laughs> that are the patrons of your cafe and work out exactly what their coffee is the and regulars. call them by their name because they are now, yeah. that is more loyal than that, buy 10 cups of coffee and get one free. <laughs> I love that I love that story. So I used to work, I worked in the Herald and Weekly Times building at South Bank um, when we were living in Melbourne. That's and right. I remember I used to ride my motorbike there. to work. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and I worked in a motorcycle magazine and I used to ride my, row, ride my motorbike to work and I'd rock up to the cafe, you know, in all my bike gear, my big Johnny Reb boots and the big leather jacket and all that sort of stuff and I had a bit of a beard at the same time. <laughs> um, but, you know, we drink soy, 
you know, we don't drink cow's milk, we drink soy. And so, and it was my regular morning order and the person behind the counter knew that and she loved to just call out to the guy as I was walking up, I didn't even have to order one large girly coffee for Simon. And I'm like, come on. But I loved it because she knew my order and she made fun of it and we had a bit of a laugh about it. You know, here's the big burly biker with the soy latte um, and, and thought it was really funny. And, and you're right. Like there was no loyalty card needed as if I was going anywhere else, right? It was as a customer go experience and it was great. Totally, totally. Yeah. So easy to get it right, you know? Yeah. And they're, they're, to, yeah. To, in, in yeah. defence too of a lot of the the kids that run and work in a lot of these cafes, and I've always said it's it's not their fault. They've grown up without really experiencing great customer service. Mm. So therefore a lot of the onus does have to go back to the owners of the business. They need to sit down and talk to them about customer service and greeting people and being attentive instead of saying, here, hurry up, where's your shift, here's your apron, get on there and start working. Yeah. And uh, it, 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 it needs to be guided Great and point. it needs to be facilitated yeah, because it, yeah, it will turn point. around. And, you know, especially at this, yeah, it will. And especially at this point in time, it's hard to find staff. You know, like business owners don't have an enormous amount of options. Sometimes it's take what you can get. Um, Very and, and, much and so. And I get that a lot of client-facing roles, especially in hospitality, they're not really seen as career roles. And so people do it maybe because they have to or they're doing it while they're studying or something like that. And, and I get that. I do get that. But, you know, it's about taking pride in your work, whatever you do, whenever you're doing it. 100%. And, and, and and putting your best foot forward every time, I think. I've got a, a very short story um, that I would love to say. Can I give you a, like, oh, yeah, literally? Yeah, I love a, stories, a, go. It, yeah. It'll be a minute. Yeah. Um, when I finished school, I was really keen to go and get a job and um, there was a local bar had opened up or a pub. Anyway, it happened to be one of the friends of family friends that um, people had gone through school with and so I thought it was a, a shoe-in that I'd get the job. I turned up for my interview and he looked at me and he said, well, you've got no experience. He said, how keen are you on getting a job here? And I said, you just tell me what I need to do. He said, I need you in here at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning and I want you to clean the fridges and the freezers. And that was on a Monday morning. So I went back in on that Monday morning and I cleaned the fridges and the freezers. I spent an hour there and then he sent me back home. And uh, I had to come in on again on the Tuesday, the Wednesday and the Thursday. And then the Friday morning, I spent uh, the Friday morning washing dishes and none of this was for pay, by the way. This mm -hmm. was all I had to prove that I wanted the job. Right. Anyway, when I when I finished a two hour yeah. shift on the Friday morning, he said he came around with a that yeah he came around with a bar apron and a bow tie, and he said congratulations, yeah. you got the job. <laughs> and he said and you start tonight. And I worked there for five years, put myself through university, but do you know what? I loved yeah. it. It was customer facing. It was customer service. It, it was. It taught me how to yeah. interact with people. And you know what? I think that work mm. ethic, I still think people have got that same work ethic, but I was then rewarded with every shift I ever wanted. And to me, I think that's one of the things people don't realise these days is there's plenty of opportunity out there, but you've also got to create the opportunity. Show the people that you're keen. Yeah. And yeah. as you said, yes, we know there's a bit of a staff shortage out there, but, you know, I think every human being needs to do customer service for a good two to three years you know, putting themselves through university, yeah. whatever it might be, get to meet people and then you actually get to see the good side of people mm. and the not-so-good side of people and then you get the – and in pubs you see some aggression too, which, you know, but anyway, that was my little two-minute yeah, story about definitely. my first job. Yeah, it's a tricky one. 
Yeah, right. So, so my eighty-eight. My Let's 88. talk a little bit about that because you made some big changes there. I like did. Yeah, like you've taken that from like a traditional local radio station with a little studio to like a proper online brand. Look, we we had a lot of fun. I, you know, as you well know, that that um, it spawned from another radio station in Penrith area, and um, and quite literally. Yeah. What we found was, oh, look, I just did a lot of research and I went around and I listened to business owners and, as you know, there's a strong community uh, of business owners in the whole um, Nepean Valley area and I literally spoke to lots of people and I said, you know, what are you looking for? And they said, oh, there was a much older format of music that was existing previously and which has got a great appeal and great audience but people sort of 65-plus were they're not spending a lot of money, okay? And, you know, we all know mm-hmm. that in marketing it's all about demographics and who's spending and who's not spending. And I asked people about, yeah. you know, where they're going. And a great radio station, I still listen to it, you know. And I, I turned around and I suggested that the people are crying out for a younger format. People are crying out for, and it's funny, we went for 80s. And because 80s was having a resurgence yeah. at the time and, and it's still... 80, anyone who listens to 80s music is normally around about 35 years of age to 59 years of age. And as you would well know, they're the spenders. They're the people that are spending money. They're the people that are cashed up. And, um, you know, people yeah, yeah. Over, over 60 really are trying to save as much as they possibly can and, and people under 35 really, mm-hmm. they, they just live for hand to mouth week by week with great respect to a lot of people that are very successful in that demographic. Um, so long and short of it was yeah, I, I saw an opportunity... Speaking. People love local radio. People love listening to, you know, well, people do love local businesses. There's no doubt about that. And they love hearing, yeah. you know, your ads on the air. And they, hey, we know Simon. And, you know, you you, you have this connection. Yeah. Um, and so the whole plan was, and it was quite fortuitous, this all happened literally before COVID. And so when COVID came and it just proved mm-hmm. to me that what we were doing was the right thing. It, it was an experiment. There's no doubt about that. But having had mm-hmm. 25 years of experience in the radio industry, um, I knew there was an opportunity there to provide some local content, to make local heroes. And from there, it's, it's, it's really grown. And, you know, the audience numbers are, are extremely consistent. Um, we're doing extremely well. Yeah. You know, we're, we're still trying to, you know, our aim is always only to have, you know, a small amount of advertisers because then you've got what we refer to as cut through. Mm-hmm. If I had a hundred advertisers on the yeah. radio station, then you're not going to hear the ads and, you, and then you tune it off because you're not listening to music or you're hearing a, a ads. Um, and so that's and it just that's, becomes noise. Then the ads just become yeah. more noise. It, it It's noise. And then, then you flick and then you think, well, yeah. might as well go back to podcasting or not podcasting. You go back to um, Spotify's mm. <laughs> of, of the world. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and, you know, one of the things we do is we do lots of outside broadcasts and, you know, we've got some very loyal listeners. Um, you know, we create shows. We can create our own content. You know, we could do a podcast, Simon, like this and put that on the station. Um, yeah. And so we're not governed by as many laws, which is great too, but then again you still want to make sure that you're appealing mm. to that, that right target market. Um, I've actually launched two radio mm. stations. Mm. And I probably don't know about the other one. The other one is... Um, a fixed radio station, which is a tradies radio station in London, and I launched that uh, six years ago. So, um, yes, yeah, so it, uh, I sort of, I've still got a vested interest in that radio station, and hopefully, I'll be back out there later on yeah, right. at the end of this year. So, and again, it was a connection of That's mine, and 
a gentleman had attended one of my courses in 2011 and um, mm. he got me back down to his stations in Tasmania. He moves overseas. He happens to meet a gentleman that wants to start a radio station. He said, listen to me. I was flying across to London, sat down with him. Yeah. And the rest is history. So we came up with Fixed Radio and we launched Fixed Radio and now now it's national, which is incredible. So I remember the first couple of That's weeks there we, we had 25,000 people listening and now we're well over the 1.5 million, which is, and it's it's all target. It's all, all tradespeople. So there's what we refer to as zero wastage. So yeah. anyway, um, I don't yeah. think too many people in Australia have launched two radio stations. So it's kind of exciting to have that, uh, that on my no. CV, so to speak. What a yeah, definitely. What a claim yeah. to fame. Yeah, but we're having fun. Um, that's all we're doing. So we're not too big, just fun. You know what? Isn't that the? Isn't that? Or shouldn't that be the main thing? Like, if we don't enjoy what we're doing, then we should be finding something else to do. Life's too short to do something that you don't like. Uh, I, I, yes. Um, last conversation yes. I had with a gentleman. So literally, that wasn't. Sorry, I was just going to say that was the last bit of advice I gave someone on a phone call about 10 minutes before we started. It says, you've got to love what you're doing, otherwise... That's right, find a new job. Yeah, find it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I cut you in there. Um, Sorry, mate. Mate? No, that's all right. That's that's okay. That was that was a really good segue. It's only taken us half an hour to get to, like, the guts of today, <laughs> which is... <laughs> oh, sorry. Radio... Ra- <laughs> No, no, that, it's it's been great. I, I love this part of the podcast is actually just talking and, you know, having a real conversation with someone. Yeah. Radio, especially local radio and advertising, where does it fit in to the marketing mix? If I'm, if I'm a local business and a lot of the people who are listening to this will be, you know, owners or marketers within smaller local businesses, where does radio fit into the overall marketing mix for a business like that? Well, I think there's there's a well there's a, a couple of things to sort of highlight there. Ra- radio, radio is part of the entertainment industry. So if you actually tune into to radio, you're, you're being entertained. You're you're tuning in for for music. It could be tuning mm. in for for the news, the weather, the traffic. So it's 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 engaging and it's entertaining and it's informative. Where we see radio fitting into a local market, and we understand too, a lot of small to medium-sized businesses don't have endless amounts of cash that they can throw across all media. Mm. Simon, you were involved in other media, you know, historically, as was I. And we used to say to people, grab 100% mm. of your funds and own one media. Just own radio, just own television, just own newspapers, just own your thing because you haven't got the funds to spread it out. Well, these days... You know, largely because social media is such a huge and has such a huge impact on on people, is that mm-hmm. we know that you've got to you've got to dilute your funds and spread them over multiple media because we live in this now society. Yeah. You know, they always say people had fifteen minutes of fame. Well, now it's about fifteen seconds, and our brains are subjected to <laughs> yeah. so many marketing messages. Um, they reckon the average person receives around 5,000 messages a day these days. So where does radio fit in? Radio is the wow. – we always say that you've got to be in the top three – in your category, you need to be in the top three brands that people recall. Um, and mm. the, so if you think about this – and we're not necessarily talking about restaurants because restaurants, you know, you, you might have five or six favourite restaurants that you go to, whereas – 
you know, the, yeah. the local petrol station, it might be the same place, the local cafe that you go to. Um, mm. We know that hairdressing is one of those things where, well, you and I don't need to worry about that so much these days, but, you know, <laughs> ladies like to go to the same hairdresser all the time. But where we see it fit in is and, and yep. is is because it's the entertainment industry, radio is that constant repetition. So radio is a branding medium. So if if... To me, it's the consistent message. It's having that consistent advertising going on because then it's constantly reminding you that you are there as a business because we forget. Because there's so many advertising messages out there that if 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 my brand disappears overnight and I stop promoting it, guess what? People stop coming in. People forget that you are there. Yeah. I, I would challenge anyone listening to this podcast now. Is, they, they assume that you've shut down. Well, they assume you shut down. But if you think about this, we should... Yeah. Go walk down your street. I bet you find a house there you've never seen before. Is because we're just such creatures of habit. We mm. do what we've always done because we've always done it. Honestly, we should look at life yep. and change it around a bit. We've got to mix it all up because we are only seeing what we've always seen. Um, and so yeah. you've got to be there. You've got to be part of that branding experience. And that's where the short burst of message where it's only a 30-second ad or it might be a 15-second ad is just that constant reminder that you are there. Um a couple of years ago, I was explaining branding and marketing to my son and an ad for the Bolo came on quite literally as we were going to have lunch, we drive past the Bolo and we hear their ad. Now, how many times have yeah. I driven past the Bolo? A thousand times. But on that particular day, mm. it was the ad connecting with the, the actual physical experience and I've gone, we're going to go to the Bolo for lunch. Mm. Like that just shows you how immediate it can be. Um, and so that's 100%. how we see, yeah. you know, and it, it's not a huge investment either, but it's that, yeah, it's the constant reminder that you're there and it's the connection. So we believe in, you know, you think about yeah. you've got to be on social media. You've, you've, you know, we would suggest if you can be on radio because, it, again, it's fun, it's entertaining and it's that constant mm. repetition. Um, and so it, it is about being you know local. So you know what I love about radio? You know what I love about radio, though, if I can jump in for a sec? Yeah. Um, especially especially when we're talking about, you know, the, those kind of um, maybe not smaller but those more targeted radio stations that have a particular mix of music, music is such a powerful emotional trigger, right? We've all got, you know, that one song or those few songs that remind us of something in our life, you know, a time, you know, a time that we loved, a time where we were a bit younger and a bit more carefree and, you know, music has the power, a bit like smell, I guess, to trigger those kind of memories. And so it's such a powerful medium attached to such great positive emotions. As a marketer, if you can link your message to that, wow, like what a way to make sure that you stay in somebody's, like, we call it the consideration set. You know, you talk yeah. about the top three brands. You've got them in the yeah. consideration set. Yeah. What a great way to attach your brand to those really powerful, positive emotions and make sure that when somebody thinks of your brand, it brings back those feelings too, those good, really positive feelings of, oh, my God, remember when this happened? Yeah. You know? Or remember when we did that? Or remember that- this holiday and that song was playing? Music's so powerful like oh. Just, just but if you've been in a nightclub and an old song comes on and you see people just go, you know, particularly ladies, you know, the arms go in the air, Everybody handbags off the table, and they race up and they start dancing. And, you, you know, yeah. it, it's the experience, 100%. 
And to that point too, you know, for um, and we used to say this to a lot of, you know, sort of businesses that didn't have large, you know, marketing budgets, is that, you know, you can be a small business and you could be, your ad could be right bang smack back up against a, a Harvey Norman of the world and no one really has mm. the, to differentiate apart from the fact we know that Harvey Norman is an incredibly successful brand. Yeah. But, um, you know, the Very Richard Mills consultancy market. could be smaddled right back up beside it and people think, geez, they must be doing well because, you know, they're up against the big guys. So, you know, it. Um, yeah. and we've seen yeah. some businesses grow over the years. Hey, marketing's about oh, perception. It, totally about it. You know, I know some big brands in Sydney that started off as little vans and they ran from home and people just had the assumption that mm. they must have had 10, 15, 20 showrooms around Sydney, but that wasn't the case. So, you know, it, it's an exciting yeah. medium in that <laughs> format too, you know, very exciting. But it keeps it constantly yeah. reminding you that you're there and that's where radio is so powerful. As and I said, it's, it, it's largely a branding medium. Yeah. And people need to brand. And, um, and, brand. and I think a lot of – well, brand always wins, right? Oh, um, of course it a, does. Your brand is the thing that allows you to build an emotional connection with people. Your brand is the thing that allows you to, I guess, create that tribe. You know, we've all got that need, that almost pathological need to be accepted, to feel like part of our tribe. And I think it was Seth Godin, you know, who really famously said, people like us do things like this. And that's why people – often do the things they do and buy the brands that they buy. You know, I could buy, a, a you know, a generic brand laptop for half the price of what I can buy on Apple, but creatives use Apple and I'm a creative. So I have, therefore, it goes that if I bought any other brand, I'd be humiliated, <laughs> you know, in amongst my circle of creatives as an example. Yeah, and so, it, you know, that's what brand allows you to do. And you touched on something really important you know, with your story about driving past the bolo, and that is that, you know, we could see something or we could hear something a hundred times, but the message doesn't go in unless Correct. we're actively looking for that thing. And that's our brain. I, I was listening to a podcast because I love podcasts a few weeks ago and, and it was about neuroscience and they were talking about, you know, you've only got a certain amount of, of mental currency mm. to spend on the activities you need to get you through the day. And so your brain actively protects you from messages that it sees as being irrelevant because that uses up currency to process those messages. And so if you're not in the market for a product or service, your brain will actively prevent you from taking notice of that advertising. It's why, like the famous example is, if you're going to buy a red car, suddenly you start seeing a ton of red cars on the road. <laughs> well, they were always there, but your brain stopped you from seeing them because you don't need to spend currency processing that information. So... If you turn off your ads and you're not there at the moment when somebody needs it, you're screwed. Screwed. Absolutely screwed. It's the, and to, to further your analogy, it's the real estate signs. If you've ever been in the market looking for real estate, you see real estate signs everywhere. And then the moment you settle or you decide not, they all disappear. And as you said, they're still there, but mm. you just don't see them anymore. So we call that the reticular <laughs> activating it. system. Yeah. It's the reticular activating system and what it does is it, it filters the stuff it needs to know and, and gets rid of the stuff it doesn't. But it stores things too, Simon. It stores things yeah. in chunks of three. Um, and I always use the example mm -hmm. to a lot of businesses and if you think about this, if you wake up tomorrow morning you've got no hot water system, you've really only got three or four hours to replace that hot water system. Who are you going to call? 
Um, you can probably think of a brand straight away. Ghostbusters. Yeah, well, but you, well, you, you're thinking of a company, but they can't help you. Think about the second company. They can't help you. Now you jump online, and what you're going to do when you go online is you're going to look for a, mm. a brand or a logo that you're familiar with. And there are 100,000 yeah. plumbers in anyone's local area, mm-hmm. and it's when you see that next brand, the third brand, you go, that's it, and then you ring that business. And I hate to say, unless you're in the top three, you're, 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 off, the, you're off the shopping list, you know, and... That's why it's tough for businesses is you just got to be constantly there, constantly there. Yeah. And and if you're not in that top three, when somebody go – and so to get into that top three, right, let's, let's use the hot water system example. Mm-hmm. If I haven't heard your ad on radio, seen your ad on TV, had you in my social feed, then you're not going to be – in the top three, right? And so then you go to Google and you do a search and you see one of those brands that you recognize, you go straight to them. If you're if you haven't been doing all those other things, if you're purely relying on that really pointy end bottom of the sales funnel Google type mm. advertising, unless you're offering 50% off, nobody's taking notice of your ad because they don't know your brand. There's no trust, there's no relationship. Correct. And that I'm just going to, you know, advertise on Google with a 50% off offer is not sustainable. It's a bad <laughs> way to do business. Um, Terrible way so to do business. So that's why brand is so important, yeah, because it takes away to a large extent that element yeah. of having to offer price incentives. Oh, absolutely. People, you know, they're comfortable with you. They trust you. They feel that connection. I mean, and, and there's a whole other podcast there, Simon, but one of the things that I implore the companies <laughs> that I work with to do is stop discounting. Bring back great customer mm. service. Give them an exceptional experience because people will pay for it. Um, and that's because yeah. to me, you're cheapening your brand, you know. And I know some businesses, and I particularly retail, you know, you've got to have a lost lead. You know, there's things you've got to do to generate a new flurry of, of customers to come in. But to me, discounting is just something I really encourage people. You know, there's other areas of your business you can work on rather than the discount. Give them a premium experience. Yeah. You know. That's, it's, Give them a it, premium experience, um, like value. If you need to have an incentive, and I and I get that, and it's something that we do talk about. We talk yep. about you know maybe maybe on a quarterly basis, having a drive like it like a oh, uh, a cash infusion drive where you say you've spent three months building this list to do something to convert some more of them. Absolutely. But you but but you can't just you can't just consistently have those discounts and if you make it something special like who was it? i think audi do it quite well and mercedes benz used to do it quite well once a year there yes. was like a two week or a three week you know um, promotion and outside of that it's it's there's there's no deals yeah. like this is a prestige brand you don't get discounts you know unless unless it's that once a year where we're running out last year's models and so there's a reason that we're offering a discount on it. Otherwise, there's no deals because you're right, it cheapens the brand. Cheapens the brand. And you you don't want to compete on price because someone will just come along and do it cheaper. There's always someone who's prepared to do it cheaper. You are spot on. You don't want to compete on price. Yeah, you don't want to Mm. compete there. And it's funny, I mean, I do work in the beauty industry as well and I know there are ladies spending $1,000 on Botox and men and I also know there are ladies and men spending $100 on Botox. Um, and it's the same product, it's the same vial. <laughs> oh no! You know, <laughs> right. it, it's it's the experience you have, and that's why some people, you know, why do some people travel first class, business class, premium economy, economy? You know, it comes down to budgets and experience. Yeah, there are people want will pay more because they want experience. the experience. 
Yeah. They want, and they also, want... in some instances, in some instances, you know, I was talking to an artist recently and she was talking about her product and she was talking about price and, you know, the type of people that she wanted to deal with were, you know, people who kind of, who were decorating, re- decorating a lot of her um, customers, newly renovated homes or newly built homes. And she was talking about how she could incentivize her product. And I'm like, that's the last thing you want to do. Because when mm. somebody comes into my home and comments on my piece of artwork, I don't want to tell them how much of a discount I got. I want to tell them how much it cost me. Like double the price on that thing because it's ego. And it's like, oh, you paid what? Well, I paid double that for my piece of artwork. Mm. So depending on your product, you can underprice yourself out of the market because people look at your thing and say, well, that can't be very good. They don't perceive the value. It's too cheap. Yeah, too cheap. Right? Botox, I am not going for the discount Botox. I don't do Botox, clearly. <laughs> Why would I mess with perfection? Mate, you can't but, mess with perfection. But if it's something like that, man, I don't want the yeah, – um, with something like that, you don't want the discount product. That's the last thing you want. Like no. some categories, you should be upping your price in order to attract customers. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, know, it's about understanding to... understanding pain points and motivations and goals, isn't it? If yeah. your product is ego-driven, you want to charge more for it because people want to tell their friends how much they paid for it. Precisely. See, there's, uh, it's funny because it's um, a, lot of people, a lot of people wouldn't realise this, but marketing is such a science on its own. And, you know, you've got to identify with your target totally. market and you've got to learn, as you said, their pain points and work out how they need to be spoken to. And then that yeah. changes your whole communication piece with them. So you've really got to know who that customer is. And a lot of totally, businesses don't. They don't. And that goes right back to closing the, closing the loop on this. It goes <laughs> back to your work with the construction company that they didn't understand their customer. They didn't know who they were talking to or how to talk to them. And once they figured that bit out with the help of a, an expert, um, boom, look what happened. Tripled their revenue. It, it, and, it, and I've, done that with multiple companies and it's being able to look at what they're doing Mm. and it's just often it's just tweaking them and showing them what I refer to as the blinding flash of the obvious but people who don't see it (laughs) don't see it you know and so anyway we have lots of fun I like the fact that they end up making a lot of money sometimes yeah of course they are of course they are (laughs) yeah this is fun I'm enjoying this so I'm I'm conscious I'm good um yeah, you and me, we should talk off air about a podcast together. Um, so I'm conscious of both of our time. Local radio, small business, listening to us thinking, yeah, I need to build my brand. I need to do something. I'm doing my socials. I'm doing my Google, but radio sounds cool. Where does a small business start? Where do they even start? I would start. radio. Well, I'd take a look at the local radio station, wherever you're listening in from, is go go local. Um, you know, mm-hmm. every 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 state, suburb, city's got its own little radio station somewhere. Um, go and listen to them. Yeah. Invite someone out to come and have a chat about it. Because to me, I mean, I think the, the perfect complementation or perf- the perfect combination is actually socials and radio. Mm-hmm. Is and also outdoor. If anyone's considered outdoor, because that's that's where we're moving and we're generating. Out you know, out of homes is is huge, yeah. um, and just the mm. eyeballs you get on some of those signs are, are incredible. Um, but where do you start? Mm. Contact. I, I would literally contact your local radio station. Um, I, I, just be mindful. You are going to get people that are in sales, so of course they're going to try and sell you something. 
but just listen to what they've got yeah. to say. Um, radio stations, yeah. unfortunately, do go on sale and they do have sales and they do offer often new advertisers a promotion or incentive to join the station. And the reason they do that is it's it's like going to a gym. We know it's going to take several months to get some traction and I hate to say it, it could be anywhere from three mm-hmm. to six months. Um in fact, I was delivering a presentation on Fraser Island a couple of years ago to 200 radio advertisers and I said, you know, radio is the toughest thing on the planet. And they all looked at me and went, what are you talking about? Like, it was like I had three heads. And then I had to take them back to the, when they <laughs> yeah. first started and they went, yeah, you're right, it was pretty tough when we first started but they would mm. never consider not advertising, you know, once you get to that stage. So it, it does take a bit of time and some businesses turn around quicker than others. Um, but what right. I would encourage you to do is to take up one of those options and, and dip your toe in the market and and give it time. You don't go and buy a radio campaign for a week. Don't go and buy a radio campaign for four weeks. Um, it, yeah. it is a long-term... Commit to it. it. You've got to commit to it, you know. It's it's like going to the gym, yeah. you know. Most people quit the gym in the first four weeks because they're, they're suddenly hurting themselves, they wake up tired, they haven't got <laughs> as much energy and it's all too hard and they don't realise yeah. that get fast month one and month two and month three and then you'll be like us, Simon, you go, you know, six days a week for the rest of your life is because it's such an important part of what you do. Um, But contact your local radio stations. Um, I don't know if you're flicking details up on the podcast, but, you know, you can reach out to me. I'll point you in the right direction and chances are I probably know someone at one of your local radio stations and I could advise them um, or advise you on, you know, who to speak to. Um, you will get a, an entry yep. deal and I would encourage you to do that. To me, go local. There are lots of community radio stations. There are lots of what we refer to as narrowcast licences, which you don't really need to know about. There are also, and if you've got the budget, then go to the metro stations and the metro stations are the likes of your, yeah. you know, in Sydney, the, yeah, well, I won't name them, but you, you all know who they are. Um, the big brands, <laughs> you've got, yeah. you'll see them yeah. on television, you see them on <laughs> on all billboards and buses. They're the um, ones with the billboards over the freeway and the big faces on buses. And, and they are you know, awesome, don't get me wrong. You need 10 grand a month to start with. Well, yeah. 10 grand oh, for a, a, a week. The, you know, in some instances week, it could be right? 10, Sorry, to fi- month, a week. 10 to 15 <laughs> a week, you know, you're if looking at. you want to drive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But look, yeah. you know, yeah. but if you've got you're, the budget. You're the 6 then... a.m. to 9 a.m. slot. <laughs> yep. Go yeah. for it. Go for it. But again, yeah. you know, that. Geez, years ago working at, you know, Mix 106.5, we had a huge audience listening to The Love God in the evenings. And so to me, you know, it's picking Richard your target Mercer. market. Yeah, Richard Mercer. So anyway, yeah. but look, you know, yeah. I, look at uh, everyone needs to invest in their own company. You know, I don't know if we're allowed to say what you said before we started the 100%. podcast, but but the truth of it is there's no point having a business that no one knows about. You've got to be proud. You've got to stand yeah. out there. You've got yeah. to promote yourself. Find something and get out Absolutely. there and promote it. And you know, you've got to. And tell people what you're doing. You know, there's there's no point having the best product. There's no point having the greatest service. There's no point, you know, having the most fabulous website if you're not telling people it's there. It's 100%. Help you. And let your passion ooze out of all of your communication yeah. because if you're not passionate about your business, then yeah. your customers aren't going to be either. Exactly. Um, mate, so if people like what they've heard today, where do they follow you? How do they follow you and how do they follow my 88? Um, the easiest thing would be socials, um, or mm-hmm. website. Um, I have a website. It's yeah. Richard at, sorry, it's richardjmills.com.au. Um, my 88 is very mm-hmm. much my 88.com.au. 
Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, Simon, the you've done lots too. My and then the numbers 88. Yeah, yeah. And that was all about us owning the number. So my is all about ownership. So yeah. you say it's 88, you know, which was the, yeah. the double eight was the connection with the 80s. Um, and it just seems to roll yeah. off the tongue quite easily. So it's, 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 and that originally started yeah. from an 88.0 FM license. So it was very easy to continue mm. the brand. So yeah, no, happy to help, yeah. happy to reach out, but yeah, LinkedIn, socials, website, um, yeah. put it this way. If you're having problems I'll finding sure. us, then we're not doing a good job. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. Um, I'll make sure all those links are in the show notes as well. And and where do we listen to my eighty eight? You can listen I, on the I, website. You can listen on the website. iHeartRadio would be the easiest place to yeah. listen to. Um, all you need to do right. is just go onto iHeartRadio and and then yeah, search my eight eight, and it'll be the first thing that pops up. Very very easy, and then you've just got that there Sweet. continuously. So and you can listen to that all around the world, which is kind of fun. Brilliant. Brilliant. Hey, um, mate, it's been a trip. It's been awesome. Thank yeah. you for your time. It's been terrific having you on the marketing mashup, mate. And um, I'm looking forward to catching up with you in person again at an event pretty soon. I'm sure we'll be at something Absolutely. together pretty shortly, mate. Thank you, Rich, well, this for is... your wisdom and for being so generous with your time. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. This is this is my first official podcast. I, I don't know how in the last 10 years I've, I've managed to not do any but I'm sure it'll be the first of many, and I, 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 it was it was delightful being on the other end. Normally, it's me doing the interview, so it was great to be the one that could just sit back and answer all the questions. So, mate, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate that. Thank you. You're doing a wonderful well, job, mate. I, I'm proud to have been the one. I'm proud to have been the one to pop your podcast, Cherry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Richard Mills, it's been a pleasure. On that note, we'll see you all next time on the Marketing Mashup. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a single episode. If you're ready for real growth in your business, visit us at orbitmarketing.com.au and ask how we can connect your brand with more of the clients you're looking for.